Hi, and welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast for veterinarians. This podcast is meant to provide some quick and handy tips for veterinarians on the go. Today, we'll be taking a break from our normal discussions of animal disease, and we'll instead be focusing on taking post-mortem photography. We are joined today by Dr. Murray Hazlitt, a pathologist at the Animal Health Lab. Murray, I assume pathologists like to see post-mortem photos of the animals they are doing histology on. We know that more people are sending in photos. What kind of a camera do they really need? Well, they can use a regular a digital camera, but nowadays most people are carrying a cell phone, so the quality of the cameras and cell phones now are, are quite adequate for postmortems in the, in the field. And so if you are using a cell phone uh, to take photos, how do you get ready? Well, number one is clean your lens, and number two is have a charged phone. And remember, you're not paying for film now, so you could do a lot of practicing ahead of time. If you're uh, using a digital camera, like, like a regular camera, rather than a cell phone, the uh, time and date may not be current, so it's important to uh, make sure it is correct so that the right metadata is stamped onto that uh, photo for legal reasons. And when you get to the farm? Well, don't forget to take photos of the environment that the animal's housed in. If it's possible to get a photo of the position the animal was found in, that's especially helpful for entrapment or lightning strike cases. If there's live animals showing typical clinical signs, especially neurologic cases, a short video can be really helpful. Before you start the postmortem, though, if you're planning to take photos, check out where you're going to take them. Um, will they be in situ, like within the animal's body, or are you going to lay the tissues out on a mat or other background? If you're going to lay them out on a background, Avoid using a white or, or a bright background. And can you talk some more about the lighting for the photos? And yeah, Mike, uh, lighting is very important. Bright, hazy light is best. If indoors, avoid direct sun if possible and avoid lens flare. That's, that's what happens when the sun hits your lens directly when you're taking a photo. If you need to, shield the lens with your hand or better yet, stand with your back to the sun. Um, avoid the flash if you can, or take some photos with a flash and then some without. The problem with postmortem photos is a flash will often produce a lot of highlights off of the uh, shiny serosa, and all we'll see coming back at us is that flash reflected. So more diffuse lighting is often better, or a side light where the photographer is avoiding letting the highlights that'll obscure the important part of the photograph bounce right back at the camera. And do I need to take the organs out to be photographed? Most organs can be photographed in situ, unopened, and opened, showing us what kind of contents inside, if it's like a viscera, um, especially in small and moderately sized animals. It's often worthwhile, though, taking the, uh, the whole pluck out and photographing it outside the body just to evaluate both sides of the lung. And what about close-ups? If you're using a cell phone camera, there's a relatively small diameter aperture on the lens, which means you can, it gives you a better depth of field. And that means you can get relatively close to the subject and it'll still be in focus. It also gives you better lighting control. So if you're trying to take a picture of a liver and it's surrounded with bright white fat, the less white you get in the photo means you'll get better exposure. 
Could you say anything about the focus of the pictures? Um, well, if you're not certain if the subject's in focus, take several photos, sort of like bracketing the fo uh, focus. And I'll take one as close as I think I can, and then I'll back up uh, a little bit, a few inches and a few inches more, till I'm sure I got one that's nice and crisp. And um, when you before you send them into the lab, to the lab, there's no point in sending the out of focus ones. So we usually delete those. And do you use the zoom feature on the camera? We try to avoid a digital zoom. If it's a proper camera and has a mechanical zoom, you do capture more information, but a digital zoom tends to lose it. So you're better off just to crop the photo or send the whole photo into us and we can uh, um, crop it ourselves and have a closer look. And I think, yeah, that's a note about uh, digital zoom in general is that I think a lot of people think, well, it gets a closer up, you know, view of the of the picture, but it's actually just kind of uh, exaggerating all the pixels, so it just gets more and more blurry rather than uh, showing you any more detail. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else for close-ups? Um, sometimes we'll get a close-up and we really don't have an idea of what we're looking at because there's no scale in there. So um, even if you have a finger in there or you put a coin in there or something, if you don't have a ruler, um, it, it's very helpful to put something we can get an idea of how big that lesion is. Um, do you have any other tips or suggestions? Uh, most cell phone cameras have high dynamic range settings, imaging on them, HDR settings, and if you have uh, something with a lot of contrast in it, it's worthwhile doing that. Often the camera will ask you if you want to use that. You have to hold your hand a little bit more still when you do, but it's basically bracketing the image and, and gets uh, a better exposure of the subject. Um, a few other things too before uh, we wrap this up. It's, it's nice but not necessary as you get more proficient. You may want to try to uh, make them look more professional, your photographs, maybe for publication in um, a journal or one of our newsletters. And we, we can cover a lot of sins using Photoshop, but things that are helpful are paying attention to that background avoiding bloody gloves in the photo, and especially don't put bloody uh, bare hands in the photo. Uh, a label with the animal's name or other identifier is helpful, especially a few years later when you may not recall where that liver photo came from. And how do we send the photos in? You may need to send the photos uh, via several emails, depending on their size, and um, address them to ahlpath at uoguelph.ca. Well, one other thing I would add, though, is the um, if your camera has a setting on it, uh, we try to get the largest photo JPEG that um, that it'll take, rather than small ones. And is there any quality of images or dimensions that the lab is actually looking for? We we basically go with our highest quality JPEG setting. We we don't take um, TIFFs or or bitmap images routinely unless it's for a, like a fairly hefty research paper or we're uh, amalgamating photos for for something like that too so um i did wonder about when they're when you're laying something out on uh, on a background what kind of background would a practitioner normally have around a barn that you would recommend like a tarp uh, should they carry a bed sheet or like a shower curtain or something like that yeah you, um you you could use like a a blue tarp would be a good background. You can get those at Canadian Tire or even a, a green one. Um, black is an okay background. 
Um, like I said before, weight is bad. And um, especially if it's something that it, it shows a lot more blood too, besides uh, really screwing up your exposure. So a black garbage bag would be okay? Uh, yeah, that would work. Okay. Yeah. Oh, about, um, about the light source. Like, would you recommend like a shop light or something like that or a flashlight as an extra supplemental light or something like that? I'm just thinking of being in kind of a dimly lit barn. What's the best kind of other light that you'd normally have around a farm? Yeah, um, you can use basically any type of light. I mean, if you're going to get fancy, you need to do a white balance depending on the light source. But you're not going to, you probably won't take the time to do um, a light balance for an incandescent, and your, your cell phone may not let you do it. So um, incandescent is fine, or fluorescent, if you can get either one of those. And like I was saying before, use them at the sides of the... Uh, uh, the liver or whatever, so the you don't get that reflected light back. So yeah, like a shop, a shop light would be fine. Hey? Like some, I'm just thinking of one of those sure. like small ones that you'd often find around a barn. Like yeah, they're they come fluorescent or uh, oh. or incandescent. So what should uh, vets be taking pictures of to send into the lab? Just anything, or does it have to be something uh, particularly abnormal? Um, it, anything abnormal should get a picture. And anything that they're not certain of, um, they should send a picture in. They can even ask a question with the picture. What do you think that this is? Um, and the other thing, too, is, of course, animal identification. If it's a legal case, you want a picture of the whole animal to identify it. And also the environment and how that animal, as I mentioned before, how it's actually located. If there's a bunch of them by a metal fence, um, you know, it would be a good lightning candidate if it's got its uh, neck twisted back. Get a photograph of that for an entrapment case. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll have this on our site along with any resources uh, that vets can access. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. It's good to be here.